0: Welcome back to Stranger Nerds, everybody. It is uh, one of your hosts here, Connor Vandermark. uh, We have Mitchell Lee, Nick Izzo, and Tommy Grant, and we are the Jersey Nerds. And today we have episode two of season two, which is Trick or Treat Freak, uh, both written and directed by the Duffer brothers on this one. Uh, Any opening thoughts, gentlemen?
1: Mitchell, we're looking at you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happened. Yeah.
0: Nothing. We had this. We had this nothing. Good, Good night, everyone. Texted, I Mitchell texted text about I like a, with yeah. Mitchell texted us about like probably two hours before we start recording, and was like, yeah, this is nothing. I'm like, right, okay, we'll see, but like, no, we'll get we'll get into it. Uh, we'll find out. Um, There's some
1: kind other of thing. It, it fills in some gaps. That's that's really what this episode sure. is. Sure gaps i about, have notes i are. have notes and
0: talk talking points so we will have one this of the interesting not nothing
2: one of the interesting things about being able to come on here and talk with you uh lovely three gentlemen about this television program called stranger things is that we will not all have the same opinion we will not all have the same takeaways from the show and there is a chance that one of you says something that makes me go huh you know what that was I didn't think about it that way, or that's interesting, or maybe I should go back and check that out. Now, it's a lot tougher of a task for you to do that with this particular episode, because this episode was dull as dishwater to me personally, but again, that's why they make so many different types of TV shows, that's why they make so many different types of movies, because everyone has different tastes. Maybe one of you thinks that this was the uh, magnum opus of the show. I don't know. Uh,
0: you yeah, know. <laughs> um no 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 I, I, I to break out. all the attention sorry about well, that but I, th- was, I thought i was kind of surprised
1: I... it was a lull of an episode because it was written and directed by the duffer brothers who are Ooh. obviously running the show didn't know that i yeah. still think
0: it was i thought something the episode was still good and like i i had no qualms about it but like what's okay so going what's going back on track here um from our predictions from last week iso do you have the doc pulled up or no
3: my, like, my own personal predictions?
0: Yeah, from your predictions from our last episode. Yeah. Do you remember or Because I have yeah. it up, just in case. All right. I
3: typed... So. I typed... I typed... Uh, I typed it. See, I
0: type everybody... Words.
3: We have improved compared Connor, to this this, season. This
1: isn't season one, Nick. This is season two, Nick. He's on top of shit. He's prepared.
2: All right. So... <laughs> I, don't, I
3: don't Did know you write that, that nothing but. will oh, happen?
2: Okay. <laughs> if so, you're right. <laughs> My What's prediction? That? Nothing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a prediction, but <laughs> it was just that the boys uh, would finally like talk with Max and like ask and gain the courage to to hang out, and Hopper would further investigate and uh, continue to hide Eleven. That's really all I had. That's I didn't, big. Well, big the other one, was the other one's There, Nick.
2: It's nothing, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, really going yeah, on I guess, a limb there, yeah, definitely. Um, we kind of get a split group because I had it about we didn't get much about what Barr's family, but we're, we're definitely seeing more of the, the internal conflict that's happening through with Nancy, and uh, I guess a good way to put it is survivor guilt about it with how she's dealing with things and. I, I do, I have been, I am appreciating how they're taking the turn for her so far this season. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, Tommy, take the wheels.
1: Yeah. So we, we open up with a little bit of a flashback of Eleven kind of learning how to reboot her abilities after kind of doing a video game respawn, if you will. And which I thought was really bizarre you see her evaporate and then all of a sudden she's just magically in the upside down on the other side of the wall. Doesn't show how she got there. So like, are we going by video game rules? Like, is that like the checkpoint where she just respawns at if she evaporates again? Is she connected to the upside down in some way where she can respawn there? That was kind of odd to me.
0: Um,
2: Special effects, baby. They just wanted to show off that they had a bigger budget.
1: Right? It,
0: was, it was, it was the same, it was the same room that, that she did know, uh, destroy them, destroy the Demogorgon in. So like, I, I took it more of like, like kind of her being like to flee on the type room kind of situation where like, oh, she has the ability to, um, or she, she kind of pushed her ability so far that she actually flipped over, um. Okay. That because and the other thing too is one thing that I kind of noticed <laughs> until now is that we never really had anyone actually make contact with the Demi Gorgon in the first episode, unless they were on the other side, or unless they got brought to the other side. So because I'm thinking like you know when the Demi Gorgon came. Came into the the I guess our reality. I'm just going to use that as our uh, stepping point. When when the Demi came into our reality, I don't think there was a scene. And no, correct me if I was wrong, but like that anyone who moved from each side had a, like or like someone who got captured, like say Barb for example, they didn't really had any interaction with it. Um, but like. It's I'm definitely because of the fact that Eleven's kind of, like so in, in entrenched into that world already, and you kind of kind of see already with the Wheel Two also kind of stuck in that that uh limbo. That because she's like she's now becoming a part of it, that she's also getting more interaction between the ability to flip from one to the other yeah so that's how i kind of saw it and then because the one thing that came up that my first thought was "Where in the timeline did this happen because of the fact that when she went to the portal there were still people looking around so was it after the fact of like how 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 long were the kids gone for until i, don't her they were going very far.
1: I think it was like an instant respawn
0: that's why i thought oh i thought it was like instantaneous and she really? was waiting for it to be clear until her to get you know, like she, the first thing she went to was try to go to Will's house. Yeah, uh, Will's, that uh, Will, um, Mike's house, and then there was all the cop, cop cars there. So like, I think she's trying to like lay low at first, and then hopefully get out. But obviously that didn't matter. Which,
1: which brings me to another scene that that drove me nuts in this episode, where we see Mike getting interviewed by the government agents, and he's you know doing the even if I knew where she was, I would tell you because he in his mind he thinks she's dead. And he all of a sudden sees her staring, you know, staring at him in the window. And instead of just playing it off cool, he gives the uh? look at just like staring at the window, completely giving her away. And all the government agents just like, "Oh shit, she's outside." Dumbass.
2: And just dumbass, I, I, I dumbass, left. dumbass. dumbass. Man was just glaring, almost like, <laughs> almost it's like, like uh. Rudolph pointing the way New, on, uh, on, the on on New Year's on Christmas. Like, like she's right like, there
1: <laughs> hopper hopper should make discreet his word of the day because he just did not understand right. how to be discreet in that scene he just completely gave Elle away and she had to basically run to the woods where we eventually see her run into hopper
0: um, um honestly i will fight back on that a little bit because like i don't blame mike in that situation because of the fact that he just saw. Let's be real. It's Mike's love interest, just evaporating in front of himself. You no, know, taking care of the demigorgon. He's still kind of in shock, and like I can definitely see him going brain dead, brain dead. Like, is that her? I can't tell because he still doubts himself. He thinks he's she's out there. At the same time, he's losing hope that
1: she is. Yeah, but so, he completely goes against what he just said. He's like, even if I knew where she was, I wouldn't tell you. And then yeah, he yeah, uh, her and like, oh, oh, technically, oh, technically that was the truth. and he doesn't say anything, but he just gave her away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So then we, then after that, we shift over to Eleven and Hopper's little relationship, the father-daughter relationship. They're starting to grow, and she just kind of sneaks up on Hopper and scares the shit out of him wearing the costume. Which, going back to our episode from last week last week, Mitchell, that was a clear, clear shot of an E.T. reference with the little sheet-over-the-head costume. The yeah,
2: I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it's quite as blatant as some of the other stuff, but to me, I, I was thinking a little bit more of just, like, random generic costume, but, I mean, I guess it's a good reference because I wasn't thinking about it.
1: Yep. That was definitely an E.T. reference because I think that's what they end up putting on E.T. when they go out trick-or-treating, too wasn't it? Didn't mm. it so I, th- I think that yeah. yeah I some. think
2: that's what it was so no you it, Tommy's got a much keener eye than me when it comes to this kind of thing
1: it's it's the useless knowledge that's up in my brain <laughs> <laughs> good
0: for something
2: yeah
1: and this is why we do a podcast but so yeah so then we see hopper and 11 kind of talking about going out and Hopper basically teaches her about compromise and how, he doesn't want her going out trick-or-treating because he's afraid. He's like, we don't take risks. you know. Taking risks are people you know, stupid and we're not stupid. And you definitely see Elle's kind of getting frustrated because she's just stuck in this cabin by herself most of the time because Hopper has a job to go to, and she's just stuck at home watching TV, which is where she's definitely learning all these kinds of things. Because how would she have learned about trick-or-treating? It had to have been from the TV because she's not interacting with any kids to know about trick-or-treating. So it was kind of just a little, you know, she's kind of trapped there and definitely not happy.
0: Um, I actually want to bring up a sports thing. Cause something that just kind of popped my head, which it kind of reminded me of. Um, so I know what happens with hockey with the professional players coming over and when they're like, especially like, like Russians or uh, Czech players like learning English that they would learn English through the TV sometimes. Like I know, for example, when the devil's players, Patrick Eliash, his first expressions that he like, like his, some of his teammates are like, what are you even talking about? I was like, Oh, I watched this on this TV show. And like, they would actually pick up mannerisms that they think are, you know, in their case, they think are American that are, you know, everyday kind of phrases, but actually just kind of like catchphrases used in these shows. And I, you can kind of start seeing Elle start having that now where she's, you no, know, I know, I, I I'm i waiting to hear a lot more of her making catchphrases that you know, are from television shows that could even be from, you know, 20 or 30 years old that she's just been watching on TV.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. We'll a lot to keep an ear out for that, too. Um, but then we shift over to the buyer house and Nancy goes to wake up Will and, oh, no, Will's not in his room. And she just instantly goes to a panic attack of, uh, holy shit, where the hell is Will? She runs to ask Jonathan. And it's almost like a repeat of season one, episode one, where it's just like, did you wake Will up? No, I didn't. And she starts just storming around the house and barges right into the bathroom. And Will's just like, just trying to take a piss here. And I, By the way he was standing, I don't think he was paying. I think he was probably throwing up another one of those little slug things but that's just my personal thing. No,
0: I thought the same thing. That was my, I, felt yeah, my first instinct. Thought,
1: yeah. but, yep. So, and then she finds a bunch of his drawings, which are kind of showing that big, I don't even know how to describe a type monster, but like that spider-looking demon monster. Looks
0: like, yeah, Connor, do you have a
1: monster that might relate to this creature?
0: No, but the first thing I thought was daddy long legs.
1: <laughs> like those
0: little spider things.
1: Yeah, so let's call it Demon Demon Daddy Long Legs for now. <laughs> yeah. so, so Joyce finds a bunch of drawings of the uh, Demon Daddy Long Legs that Will was drawing. So she kind of asks him, like, "Hey, like, are you having episodes again? You know, what's going on?" Will just kind of plays it off, and you know, it's just his imagination, kind of, kind of deal. But so you definitely see Will trying to cover up stuff. He's definitely being more secretive office it's just to spare joyce you know her feelings or if he's just too scared to say anything
0: i want i, I kinda want... got
2: on uh, i kind of the... got the vibe of just like i just don't really want to talk about that kind of thing right now
1: Wants to be just normal yeah but i mean it, it's been a whole year since everything's happened so like i feel like but people are still coming up to him and I'm calling him what ghost boy zombie or, boy not a very zombie boy
2: not a very creative nickname but yeah, you know, he's still getting that.
0: It, it fits the bill, though. That's, sure. a, that's the that's the problem. And I want I want to go right into the uh, other scene where uh, Hopper and Joyce are speaking. Yeah, because the fact that props to Joyce though, that having a keen eye, like, no, that's my front, that's my front door. Yeah, and like she's like, no, this is this is an actual episode. Like, I know I'm worried about him, but still, things aren't right with him. And Hopper doesn't make the point, like, oh, it still could be PST, PTSD, which, again, that is a very real occurrence where those P, uh, PTSD survivors feel like they're in the actual situation. And, like, it, is, it doesn't have to be when it comes to, like, a, um, again, like, any traumatic event can can cause these kind of things. It had to be a war, yeah. but it can just be just regular abuse and s- situations like that. And like this to recognize like oh that's my front door and this is something that we haven't seen before and this this is something that you no know, maybe something he's selling the upside down or something's manifesting and well, you know hopper's trying to shut that down like trying to calm her down
1: and well, you, you, you get, this, you get don't this know one. either um that we don't we as the audience don't know either but we know he was hiding in his little makeshift fort in the woods in the upside down yeah which was behind his house we don't know what he saw in the upside down during that whole week. He was there. Yeah. Because the events of season one took place over a full week. So he was there. He probably saw this demon too. So he might be having PTSD flashbacks from those events that we never just saw. And that's probably why he's, that's might be why he's freaking out more because he's seen this thing before, but now he constantly is having more flashbacks of it a year later, but yeah, we, the audience and Joyce and Hopper don't know about this creature.
0: And then you start getting the, the getting into I guess the second love triangle of the relationship of Joyce and Hopper, and then <laughs> you can definitely tell like oh they definitely had something back in high school, um, like talking about them sharing cigarettes underneath the uh, underneath the stairway. I think it was a the stairway
1: they talked about, um, yeah, which and... we you know Nick is very against. Nick was very anti Hopper Joyce a few episodes ago. So Nick, what would you yeah. think? You think Copper and Joyce were ever a thing? Could they be a thing again?
3: Uh, I mean, I think they definitely can, but do I want it to happen? I mean, probably not. Just not. Well, are just you... not interested? Just not. Just not
0: interested in saying that. No. all. I gotta say though, you suck. Like, <laughs> um, I, the one thing that because. I kind of feel bad for um, what's his face name? Bob is it Bob?
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I kind of feel bad for Bob. Well,
1: it's, like, it's Samwise Gamgee, but yeah, 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 a, it's a, it's yeah. So,
0: so because like Bob has no idea what traumatic shit they did actually went like they know like oh him disappearing for the week, but like the actual events that went down are much more detailed and crazier than anyone who ever believe. And that's kind of a bonding moment that, or I don't want to say, bonding is a part of it. But like the that um, shared experience that both Hopper and Joyce had through this through that event is something that kind of keeps that connection together between them.
1: Yeah. Now, do you think Bob will ever find out about what actually happened to Will, or do you think he's going to be left in the dark for most of this episode or season? Uh, something's gonna something's gonna break.
0: Usually, it's it's something where it's it's building up to be a. I'm trying to think of the right word. It's like a a weak point in the structure of the relationship that can definitely be exploited, and it's something where I can definitely see the directors, um, and the writers like, yeah, we can definitely use this as a good, good um inflection point of cr- creating a conflict within the buyer household again.
1: Or could Bob just be a secret undercover agent to make sure that Joyce stays quiet?
0: That could be too. I didn't think about that until now, but that's 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 <laughs> also a very good point because who knows?
1: Uh, we will see in good time. And then uh, one other quick scene that I want to cover real quick before we go into the, the party's little story because we see the government workers going into the upside down with a camera system and it looked like they were repairing some sort of radio or electronic system I'm not quite sure what it was but we definitely see them kind of operating in the upside down which I thought was interesting and they don't really give much detail other than the fact that they went in to repair something and it restored some sort of connection to power what you guys think was going on like any good scientist collecting data
3: Yeah, definitely seemed like he was repairing some, like, antenna-type, you know, thing that also provided, like, you know, visibility of the surrounding area. But I was also surprised that, like, he was able to do it without a hitch. Like, I feel like if, uh, you know, if, if there are other multiple demigorgons or monsters out there... I feel like they would easily know, like, "Hey, this one spot just happens to have this random thing in a yellow suit." Like, let me attack it. <laughs> so that's that's kind of that's kind of what I was thinking. Through Maybe
0: like, the upside
2: down has Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah. Right. So, I guess.
0: one thing that that's something that did did come in my mind too is. We haven't heard anything about any more demigorgon attacks. So why is that? Because we never had any indication that like, because we knew that there were multiple demigorgons, but we never had confirmation that multiple died.
1: No, because we saw all those eggs at one point. So we know that there was more being created.
0: Yeah. We do not, we know that if there are a type of animal needs, so uh, incubation or something like that, we don't know. Um, so why haven't we seen any more instances of this over the past year? Because as we know of, there hasn't been, has the government keep been keeping close tabs on this or that's something I'm really intrigued about.
1: And yeah, the other I thing too is Dr. like, Owens is kind of running his own operation down there that we haven't found out yet.
0: And the other thing too is like, obviously we're, we're finding our new monster of the week or monster of the season. Um, where like what else is out there because and, and is it could be a situation where because of the because of the doings of the laboratory has um, this town become a beacon to the upside down of like oh there could be resources here that have been untapped by the creatures of the this new area
1: yeah so all right. Um, so let's let's move on already. to the movie now. So we got the infamous Ghostbusters team up. And we have our first dilemma. There were two Venkmans. And there's definitely a little argument between Mike and Lucas, which I thought was hysterical because they – Lucas pulls that great line of, why can't I be Venkman? Is it because I'm black? I was just waiting for Mike to give a response. But they never give it.
0: <laughs> yep. But the real though, like it. Well, Every every was thinking it, yes, and that's, and that's and that's and I and I Lucas, I don't blame him either because he's completely right. All the, all the three are scientists, and yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Egon Egon was my boy personally.
1: Yeah, I was I was I was more of a, I was more of a stents guy.
2: I was more of a let's put on a better movie guy,
1: but oh come uh, on! Man.
0: I literally just drove past that building, literally.
2: I like ago. Ghostbusters. <laughs> I just don't love it. But kind okay, of the same boat there.
1: I never cared enough. Ghostbusters
2: Two. Every other Ghostbusters movie since
1: then has been worse, though, by far. Or did you see the new Ghostbusters that has Mike in it? Actually, the the Paul Rudd one isn't bad. Yeah,
2: that I one. That one's. It's a lot better than Ghostbusters Two, and a lot better than that 2016 one with Melissa McCartney.
1: That one doesn't exist in my mind.
2: It does exist. I saw it. Nope. It exists. It does exist. It's bad. It's horrible. But it exists.
1: Nope. I watched it once and I burned it out of my memory and it does not exist anymore. Yeah, at least you watched it once. Gave it a, gave it a chance. right. You tried. I yeah. mean, the fact that you had Bill Murray in the movie and just completely wasted his character. Didn't even make well, I feel him. Like like they,
2: a... they did that in every other Ghostbusters movie since. I mean... Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to punch someone in the face more than Rick Moranis in Ghostbusters too, but
1: yeah. But Bill Murray at least was in as a Ghostbuster in the the remake movie that they came out or the sequel, the 2016 one. He wasn't a Ghostbuster; he was just some random dude that they're like, he was "Oh, a
2: guy in a coat."
1: Yeah, like, oh, we'll have the actor here as a cameo, but not actually play his character in a Ghostbusters movie. No. But we digress. Yeah, back to Dustin alerting the party of that just nightmarish embarrassment they have they all go to school in their costumes and it's just that realization of like oh shit no one else is in costume we're old enough now like no one wears their costumes anymore thank god we never had that issue in school but it's true i just just said we've all been there where
2: where, everyone maybe not maybe not for halloween specifically but where like you thought that everyone was going to be doing something and then that ends up not being the case or vice versa you thought ah no one's going to be doing
1: that and then everyone is i mean i need more details
2: of the story i'm trying to think of specifics (laughs) but i'm blanking okay one thing i don't
0: get is that like this is the same school where they're at last year correct
1: like as far as i know they're still in the same school i'm not sure like
0: why why the sudden change is my thing like if they if they went to high school like an actual like you no know, transition from middle school to high school and that was a situation i could see that yeah but like because of the fact that it was like it's still status quo from year to year of like same group of you know age demographic then that, that was like that was kind of weird to me i'm like like is was there actually some memo out like don't wear costumes or something like i don't know
1: yeah, it it was just that awkward thing. But so then we see another awkward encounter of Dustin and Lucas trying to figure out how to approach Max and how to talk to her, and all they were trying to do was just invite her out trick or treating. But it's just like that awkward like, oh, well, we'll just wait till after class. And it's like they're about to go out up and ask her, and then all of a sudden she just walks away. Oh, we'll we'll just get her later. No big deal. But it, it was just funny just seeing that like awkwardness of like just. How hard it was back in those days just to approach a girl and ask her something simple
0: and when they finally did approach her it was also awkward as hell where they stutter stuttering over themselves uh-huh. uh yes uh what was the word that she used pedantic I can't think of name, the name uh, mm,
1: yes quite pedantic
0: uh, was, shallow and, like, and pedantic
2: and and I don't think it was pedantic but I but I think it starts with an S no it was definitely sort of uh, P oh, man,
1: what was it
2: it started with an S. No, I don't know. It...
1: <laughs> but, but anyway, it was just that kind of. Okay. You know, no, that it. is definitely. We have all definitely been there. I know I have. I was an awkward kid in middle school. Nah,
2: my, I always had 100% Riz on lockdown. No, I didn't.
1: Your Riz was still hiding in the shadow decades before you even got to it.
2: Hey, you shut the hell up now. <laughs> let me keep the facade i was always a pimp
1: look i last saw you in middle school where you just had no real... Yep. negative
2: negative amounts <laughs>
1: of neither game. of us had any negative amounts uh, i
2: that. i was just about to say man don't don't go throwing me under the bus when I you should be right there I next was, to me
1: i just said i was the awkward kid in middle <laughs>
2: school
1: we all were but yeah so after that we we shift over a little bit to Nancy dealing with more PTSD episodes and she's definitely kind of just, you know, like Connor mentioned earlier, kind of survivor's guilt. I don't even know if it's survivor's guilt. I think it's more of the, she just feels guilty that she abandoned Barb. Yeah. Yeah, Because had she not gone upstairs to just, you know, sleep with Steve and abandon her friend, her friend might still be alive. But on the same token, had had Nancy left with Barb, would they have been attacked on the way home? Because Barb had already cut her hand. She was bleeding. So I'm almost curious uh, if maybe if she, if she went with Barb, if they both would have been attacked on the way home.
0: It's a possibility because of that. Fact-
1: but yeah, they, yeah. they are several blocks away. So, you know, they still had to walk to the car if they were to leave. So maybe sleeping with Steve is what saved Nancy's life that night.
2: Presumptuous.
1: <laughs>
2: Interesting theory.
1: So, yeah, so hmm. but, yeah, we, we get Nancy just kind of struggling with it. And, you know, she proposes to Steve that they tell Barb's parents about what actually happened. And Steve finally having a little bit of a brain, you know, reminds her, like, hey, like, the government could do a lot worse if we actually fessed up and told them what happened. Like, they everybody knows they kind of got off lucky, and they have to be reminded of that. Like, they could have been thrown in jail. They, they could have been killed and just covered up just like everyone else was. So I have it's a fine line of, like, don't say anything because we could be really fucked if we do.
0: Like, Steve. the
2: reason,
1: hold on, I thought I, no, I meant to, to cut you off there. Um,
0: <laughs> no, all you, Connor. And so, as the first time watcher of the show, I can definitely now start seeing where Mitchell is liking Steve a little more. Um, again, I, <laughs> we're, I, I, this Thank is my you. first time through, but I think it's because of the fact that Nancy's Nancy's rubbing off on Steve, like her personality. Uh, and that's why like, Barbara's st- in trouble in the first place. And yeah, because dumb, Dumbass Steve caused issues. <laughs>
2: Come on. Dumbass Steve.
3: Uh, that's
0: uh, not his first name. Come on. I know.
2: I can
3: see why you like him, Dumbass Steve. <laughs> yeah, I can see why you like him. <laughs> fucking idiot like you. Like what?
2: <laughs> you just complimented
3: uh, him and then you're just
2: dumbass.
0: Well, I'm saying, I can because... see why you like him. Because <laughs> before. like Dumbass. <laughs> Like, you can see now we're. Like, how Steve views the relationship has changed, in my opinion. At first, it was more of an infatuation with Nancy. Now it's actual, he's actually putting the work into the relationship where, you no, know, like, the first scene we see him and Nancy together in this episode is him actually doing the schoolwork and, like, keeping his mouth shut and actually focusing. I'm like, okay, this is good. And like you, I was like, I was very, um, I was, it was a, you can see the turnaround in him. And you no, know, him being the one who's you no, know, you no, know, not being as affected to by Barb. And, and Nancy does kind of feel that because she was the closest to Barb and like they had their own little clique together. Um, like he's at least here now being the rational one, like, hey, you need to calm down. Like, his choice of words, uh what was it? Um am I thinking the wrong scene? I have it written down here. Um, uh, nope, that was later on. Um different different scene I was thinking of. But anyway, like when it comes to how he's talking to her, when it comes to like, oh, what's these stupid it's teenagers? Like, no, that might have been not the right path as we See later on, but this is though this is an era where therapy is definitely looked down upon. You know obviously Will is you no know, still seen as crazy compared even with his therapy going on with you no know, what they think is PTSD or some do, and you no know, Nancy's just stuck in limbo because you no know, she still feels that guilt and she's still mourning her friend while no one else she has no one else really to mourn with. And I'm, I'm surprised that after what she and Mike have been through Mike with 11 and her with Barb, that they have not actually kind of bonded more closer together because of the fact that they went through similar experiences. No one losing their one finding out they lost their best friend for good. And the other posse lost their own love interest, like. I know they're different ages, but at the same time, their siblings going to say going through the same similar problem in the same household, living through experiences no one else have ever had. I'm surprised that there's no more connection to that with, with between both of them.
1: Yeah. I, it's kind of tough. They definitely repress their feelings a little bit. And I think we'll just continue with their story a little bit for this part because we see them go to a party later on and to, of carry off with you guys we were saying with nancy i think nancy is good for both jonathan and steve in terms where she kind of more brings steve back down to earth and kind of makes him think about what's actually important in life and jonathan in the sense of getting him to come out of a shell and actually socialize and be a part yeah. of society not just hide behind the camera i think nancy
2: see- is really good for both of them like you just said in that stepping stone relationship type of thing. You learn things when you're dating Nancy, whether it's, you know, how to loosen up or how to come back down to earth, like you said, and then you're so much better for an actual human being.
1: And that kind of makes it more, and that's what, in my eyes, makes it such a good, interesting kind of love triangle trio because you see Steve and Jonathan both kind of cling to Nancy and that's what makes them compete with each other. Because as people, they don't hate each other, but they're just competing to be with Nancy because they know she makes them better people.
0: And, and, and then on the flip side, you have Nancy who's actually now spiraling. Yes. Which I thought was yes. a really interesting flip on the whole thing.
1: Yes. Because we see her getting trashed, which was a little funny scene where she kind of asks that, you know, the kid, like, hey, what's in this? And it's just pure fuel, baby. <laughs> and just. Flashback, you know Rutgers, Rutgers party us. days and college Hold parties. On. So,
0: as someone who's not movie adjacent, was he like Animal House style scene or no? Yes. I don't know. That was that was a, that was that a, was a pure. Never scene seen that movie?
1: Animal House. That was really? uh, Belushi's character. Oh, uh, no. that wasn't
0: under a list of four
1: thousand.
2: It's on the list. It is on the <laughs> list.
1: No, so, yeah, it's not a movie I've seen many times, but I have seen a few. But that is a. Oh, okay reference to uh belushi's character in animal house
0: i kind of figured i was like i wasn't sure if that movie was out the the, the the costume
1: the costume the the, the toga
0: with the whole crown like the caesar crown i was like okay i I think it is but i'm not sure
1: which i think is also an 80s movie if i remember correctly i will say
2: natalia dyer i'm a big fan of her work in this series i do think she's very strong as nancy yes not good acting like she's drunk
0: no that's uh, the same thing I've, i I, was to... I i thought girl. she played
2: that more like she had just sustained a head injury or was undergoing like she had anesthesia administered to her and she's in that kind of loopy phase
1: yeah well she's i mean she's a very very petite girl so i think she only had one couple 10
2: mile per hour winds would knock her over
1: exactly but i think she only had one cup of you know the pure fuel drink that she was having and she went back for seconds but it definitely hit her pretty hard you can tell oh yeah you have steve shockingly be responsible the guy who got her to drink in the first place last season
2: shockingly
1: i shut the fuck up up. he was the one who peer pressured her into drinking last season now all of a sudden he's like hey you can peer
2: pressure someone and still be like hey, I'm going to peer pressure you, but I've got your back.
1: Yeah, but clearly you were being peer pressured by the wrong people. With how Steve was last season, you'd expect him to be the party boy and kind of be getting trashed at this party, but he was just kind of playing it cool and hanging out, just having a good time, which, you know, was good. But then Nancy kind of just took a little plunge off and just didn't want to hear anything from from Steve because she was just upset and angry and, Steve just, you know, being a stupid guy like we all are, just had no idea why and didn't know how to handle it. And, That's the thing. But Steve then you, was
2: stupid in one aspect. You I don't wanna, leave that girl by herself. No. Yeah. No. I agree make with sure that she girl. gets home girl. safely.
1: Yes. Yeah. Steve. It was I a poor, her. poor move. You're at a college party. Your girlfriend's definitely upset and drunk. That's not no. the time to say that. You know, regardless of what she says. That's not the time to pull the, you know what, I'm just going to leave you. You okay. make
2: sure she's oh. safe, and then you get things figured out later.
1: But had he done that, we wouldn't have gotten the look on Jonathan's face when he sees Steve leave. You can see the expression on his face kind of change and go, oh, shit, this is my chance. Yep. And he swoops in. Like, you saw his face. I was like, God damn it, Jonathan. But I
2: what? actively said when I saw that, I said, piece of shit.
1: <laughs>
2: That's but- no... That's, so
1: the, come on, the last the well, last scene with this seconds. little glue, the last scene with Jonathan and Nancy bothers me. We see her we see him bring her home and tuck her into bed. My biggest question, where the fuck were Nancy's parents? How did he just Yes,
3: thank you? Thank you.
1: It, it yes. could not have been that late at night because this takes place the same night as what we will get to in a little bit as trick-or-treating with the party. So it had to have been at least Eight nine maybe ten o'clock at the latest. Her parents had to have been up. No, it was nine. It like, could. Like, I'm sorry. Like if you if they if were if at I, the club, if I came home carrying a drunk girl, someone would have heard me come into the house. My parents would be like, yeah. "What's going on?" Like that would not have been a quiet entry. Where, so, where the fuck were they? And like,
2: <laughs> I, did, I,
3: they have, I, did they have keys to get in?
2: Was no. the door unlocked? I, I'm assuming like, like, a they, yeah. gave, they gave Jonathan a house key before uh, season two got started. Yeah, right. <laughs> and
3: like,
0: it oh, isn't okay. like he's, he can go? They went the window to Home either. Depot
2: and made copies.
0: <laughs> no, Jonathan stole a key. Oh, and so, made hmm. copies. Hmm. That scene went a completely different way that I expected it to, because because it was before nine o'clock, because of the fact that you no. Know, John Jonathan gave Will the nine o'clock deadline. We kind of skipped over, but like the whole yeah, thing of it's... Jonathan wanted to give Will his time to go trick or treating with the guys, and you no, know, give him a little bit of freedom. And I guess I was talking the scene now he had another episode and he freaked the hell out. And when he when Mike and Will went back to the house, it was still I'm pretty sure there was like there was a time. It was him videotaping. There's a time signature on like on the. The videotape it was like, it still said it was like 805 or something when they're uh, trick-or-treating the rich kid area, the rich rich homes. And the, um, so they're back before nine o'clock and I, and my gut was, they're going to go to the basement and they're going to bump into to Mike and Will and they're going to have like a little, little powwow discussion. Nope. Right to the bedroom. Like,
1: how'd you do that? <laughs> Yeah, that, that was impressive. <laughs> and honestly, had Jonathan been a bad person, that scene could have ended a lot darker than what.
0: Well, oh, yeah. What I was like, please don't do
1: it. Please don't do it. Yeah. And like, e- even just the creepy ass, like, he could have laid in bed with her, did something really creepy, but like, nah, he just tucked her in and was like, all right, see you later. His face
2: is creepy enough. I'm sorry.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, that, that dude's has that that a appearance disgusting like, face. Yeah, it could have pulled off a really dark scene, but thankfully, we didn't get that. Um,
0: yeah. because I brought it up, I want to, um, bring up the Halloween stuff with the, the, with the, the, party. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the first thing, cause they made a comment, top candy bar.
1: Yes. All right. So yeah, I want to discuss this. I, I put it on
0: my notes, like top candy bar. We got you have to discuss this.
1: Yes. It has to be discussed. So Dustin was the big fan of three Musketeers. I'm on the same page. Three Musketeers was usually my go-to. I don't know what it is. I always love Three Musketeers. That and Twix bars. Those are my top two.
2: You're doing all right, Tommy. Usually, you get on the mic and you say some really dumb shit, but this time, I think you got a you got a good take. Wow. Okay. Well, let's hear yours, um,
3: about Mitchell.
1: Mitchell, the uh, I have the utmost respect for your opinions. No, you don't. The fact Stop. that we share the same <laughs> humbles me.
2: Um, I would hey. also put Kit Kat in there because I like my candy to have a little bit of a crunch to it. Um, but three Musketeers and Twix are also fantastic, but Kit Kat would be my number one. Nick. I, I
3: am actually shocked to hear that because that is also my number one followed by Reese's.
2: Get
1: the fuck out of Oh, okay.
2: Of yeah. Number two is weak.
3: Well, I'm on, not hold, a chocolate
1: peanut butter guy. Hold Reese's, on. Reese's. Reese's. Are talking good? traditional Reese's, Reese's Pieces? What are we'll, we we'll talking here?
3: Reese's Puff cereal, well, just whatever, whichever
0: one, just in general. Okay, that okay. Just. I will, as someone who does like peanut butter, and no, it's, it stinks that I d- am dating someone who is allergic to anything nuts. Um, so the ratio From of the chocolate Jerome to, peanut butter the, the ra- of chocolate to peanut butter, the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter is very important when it comes to Reese's Cups and what their sizes are, because that ratio is very important. Not my top candy, but I still like them a lot. Um, my number one it might be a more of a left field thing, but the hundred grand bar underrated and amazing because it has to. Oh, Why can't you just be normal? No, I never, so, pick no, something what? people have eaten, dude. Um, they they went off the shelf like they're they're a good candy. Yeah, because you got them. Nah. Ten
1: of these
0: oh, for me. God. Oh, look, they're all <laughs> <out>. These <laughs> are doing really great. You got the but, last but, pack. It, but it has the crunch. It has the caramel. It has the chocolate. And okay. my number two would probably be this works, Connor. Uh, yeah. But I think it is a superior because it has a better caramel ratio.
1: I you like
0: my be caramel. Be, it is not superior. And then he's got the caramel
3: ratio figured out. Oh my man, god! Man, you would be great right? for a
1: food
2: show.
3: Oh, I'd just be like, <laughs> yeah, it tastes good. You're like, oh, the caramel ratio so is off on this. One. I ten
2: percent
0: lower than it was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. What be. Uh, I'm very picky when it comes to that stuff. Um, and then the other, the other one would definitely be uh Oof. the better than Three Musketeers is definitely the Milky Way. Because you have that nice slight caramel layer on top of the head. Right,
2: we're we're moving on. Oh, is the caramel ratio on that one good enough? I, I love caramel, <laughs> man.
0: Yeah. Alright, so yeah, I was gonna say it definitely is a Three Carmel Musketeers just is Nougat and just it's boring. Just least add a little flair onto that. It's boring. Okay. The dark the dark one is the best of the dark chocolate. What it's
2: a candy bar, not a TV nougat.
0: show.
1: What is boring about Nougat, sir? To explain yourself. Ted. Shut up. <laughs> uh,
2: Whatever the opposite of being on a heater is. That's you right now Connor. Ice cold baby ice cold
0: like my veins. Yeah.
1: <laughs> your your Sweet love Jesus. for the 100 grand bar is just as outrageous as Mitchell's need to have two decimals when rating an episode. Hey, you shut the hell up or I'm taking I've considered five. Oh, That's right. Do that. I, can I can go quit. deeper. I the show.
2: This is, this is like inception. I can go deeper.
1: <laughs> Anywho, so, off of the great candy bar debacle of 2023, we move on.
0: Um, so, so what I want to get to other than candy was definitely the the kind of split of the party where you have the Lucas and Dustin definitely fawning over Mad Max. And then you have Will and Mike who are also in their own. No, I will not say drama's not the right word, but like their own it's situation.
1: My show notes. Thank you. I, I don't, I wasn't
0: looking at that in that case. Um, but again, you are right though. Um, but yeah, like, because of the fact that like, it is something where, at first, we had the conflict of I felt like it was it was Mike versus Dustin and Lucas to start out, which was the what happened with l. It's also now Dustin and Lucas going after the girl, but now will's in the picture, yep, and it's kind of it's nice to see Mike Mike kind of maybe have a little more of an ally and like you can see Mike kind of open up and like like, oh, like, oh, I wish you would have met Elle because you would have really liked her. And like, yeah, um, but you, you kind of see, like, uh, I'm curious how the the long term relationship of the group is going to be because, like, because who did Will scream? Like, I know the other guys went for, but Will screamed for Mike. Like, that was that was his first, like, like I'm panicking. Where's Mike? I need to find him when he yep. went back to the upside down. Like, that was his go to. No, it could, it could have been because he was the closest proximity of like, oh, let's go to the house. Because, um, you know, Dustin and Lucas were ahead, but still, his first reaction was, who am I closest with? I need to find Mike. Where's Mike? He didn't ask. He didn't call for anyone else out of the whole group, for at least in that scene.
1: Yeah, I think it's also because Mike definitely seems to be that person that's more reliable, like especially with how he treated Eleven. He's definitely that friend that Ride or die, whatever's going, you know, whatever's going on, he's gonna come help. I mean, shit, he he basically jumped to his death to save Dustin. So Mike's just that kind of friend, like everyone kind of looks to him in That times is true. Of trouble. That's what kind of makes me think of. But we have this scene where Will kind of goes right into you know one of his episodes, and it keeps coming towards him. And he just completely panics. And yeah, Will kind of snaps him out of it. But you see, you know, Mike just instantly goes to comfort Will and kind of snaps at the rest of them, kind of. I guess he's still just pissed off that Max is part of the group, but he's definitely taking more, sort of like how Nancy did with Steve. He's still taking all that pain of the fact that Eleven's not there and taking out on his friends because he's just miserable. He wants Eleven to be there. He sees his friend in trouble, and yet Dustin and Lucas are more concerned about this new girl than they are with Will. So and we, definitely see dynamic. we definitely see why Will and Mike are kind of the new team, and Dustin and Lucas are a separate team in this aspect.
0: And and you see that parallel, too, with Nancy compared to Mike, where he feels like no one cares about Elle anymore. Elle, Elle is, no, was – I know it was only for a week, but, like, it was something that was definitely changing for Mike. And that was you no, know, who meets a freaking person with superpowers? Like that's, that's something that's going to stick in your mind for ages. And the fact that no one else is f- feeling that longing for L, like Nancy has a longing for Barb that like, no, that that's still like, that's still that fort's still in his basement. Like it's still there as yep. a constant reminder for him.
1: <clears throat> and Which, by the way, also surprises me that his parents haven't cleaned that up yet after finding out that he was harboring this weapon in their basement. And Mrs. Wheeler definitely saw the fort and knew what it was for. Why did they ever clean it up? Did they just not ever go into the basement? I do not know.
0: They were closed. But they they well, they were definitely notified of it because you see the the one scene where I think it was this episode where they're actually talking about like, Oh, we're, we're not commies. Like we, we, we are patriots. The father's like, we're, we're Patriots here in this household. Every single one of us. Like after all of that, you still have not done anything about that, that little hidey hole for that, for her. Um, but yeah, I think it's very interesting the the parallels between Mike and Nancy and like, like just talk to each other. Like you can at least trauma bond
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we see this at the end too with Will and Mike kind of trauma bonding when they get back to Mike's house and Will kind of opens up and tells Mike, which again, he doesn't tell his brother, he doesn't tell his mom, but he tells Mike exactly what he sees, what's happening, what he's feeling.
0: And don't tell Lucas or Dustin either.
1: Yeah, which I definitely saw as a big Lord of the Rings reference for those who have seen it at the end of The Fellowship of the Ring when Frodo finally decides to go on his own. It's like don't tell Sam; he won't understand. Like that's what I saw from this ep- from that little scene. Sure, his... it's
3: good. It's good analogy. To
1: yeah, but I'm not sure why Will doesn't want Dustin and Lucas to know, but he's definitely using Mike as his confidant, and we definitely see their relationship kind of strengthening in the scene.
0: And you know, he also explains how he's feeling too, where he uh, he's in the the limbo in between the worlds. Um, what was the thing that they were, they mentioned, I don't forget the, um, the analogy exactly Words like, um, this not the tape deck, the, um,
1: the flea and the acrobat. Is that what you're referring no, to? No,
0: no, no, no. Like he sends like, if, it's like a thing. You can, we sw- can switch slides on. We can see different photos. Oh, a see, Yeah. that's Slide, right Slides. Thing. There's a certain there's a certain thing that they talk about that's that's from the '80s where you can rotate this this thing that you can have a, like a viewfinder you can rotate different images in it, and oh, Will, yes. and Will says like I'm I'm in the middle of both these worlds, and I get bounced back and forth in them and I don't know how what to do about this like I am literally transported to this other world, and I was like it was, it was I think it was very interesting where. It was like another analogy of the flea and the type rope, But like that's – because remember, Will has never heard of that analogy before. So this is his whole, his own way to express how he's dealing with what's going on. Um, so I thought it was very interesting getting that, that difference perspective of how he's feeling of – or how he feels about what's going on with his body and how he's living with this.
1: Yeah, so – before we wrap up, we have one more scene, but I want to quick jump back earlier in the episode to Hopper. Um, cause one thing that is important is where he goes to investigate the, uh, the pumpkin farms in the area and start seeing all that kind of goo and residue all over the place. That's definitely important for later on in the season, but we definitely see. We, he sees that it's not just at this one or two farms. It's happening all over the place that there's just some decay and, you know, kind of disease kind of spreading across the town. Just want to make sure that's mentioned, because it is worth knowing.
3: Yeah, I'm guessing that's some sort of, you know.
1: Nick, Nick's punk serial killers at large and... Kind Monster of goo. <laughs> but I,
3: I, like, I don't know. Besides that, like I, I have no idea what what that is.
1: That and we get one other scene with uh, kind of seeing how big of an asshole Billy is. Tries to run the party over while they're on their bikes on the road. Yeah, that that scene I didn't want to skip over. It's a it's a pointless scene to the episode, but it just shows how abusive and just how big of an asshole Billy is as a person. Just it was the cool. most
2: interesting scene in the episode for me personally because it gave us more insight into the new characters yeah and we haven't really seen a whole lot of billy so far the most we've gotten of billy is just like the girls going look at that ass that's it yep so it was it was good to actually see them have a conversation and uh it definitely sets the standard for kind of hey this is the relationship and it's rocky
0: yep that's so, not so, it You can do so. It's definitely abusive when it comes to Max. Oh like, yeah, Yeah. Max is there's there's fear in her eyes. Like abusive. she wants she wants to rebe- she wants to rebel, but she can't. They, they're manipulative.
1: Bad side of a step sibling relationship.
3: Yeah, do they go over what she did to the like they're in the town? I'm guessing at some point. Oh, like, well, well, like say it, like say it's your fault, like blah blah blah. Like,
1: yeah. I like, I don't I,
3: remember. Like do they go into that? They, they I, I I assume they will.
1: I assume they did, but you know. They they do, but it's not it's not relevant to the plot at all. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's covered throughout this season. Um but we'll we'll find out. will I'll let you guys watch and see what happens. But in right. terms of overall plot it's irrelevant, but they yep. do explore more of the backstory and their parents and what happened. But so then uh, we wrap up with the final scene of Dustin coming home from trick or treating and hears some noises coming around from the trash cans, which we heard from last episode as well, but he kind of brushes it off, but he's in his Ghostbusters gear. So he's ready for a fight and uh, rips open the garbage can lid and just goes, holy shit. So Connor and Nick, what do you think was in this trash can? Because this will definitely play into the rest of the season.
0: So my first thought was one of those um, weird was it called the Gremlins from that weird movie? Yes. Dubbed the Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Gremlins yeah. from Gremlins. Gremlins. <laughs> 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 I was I wasn't sure if that was the name of the movie. I was like, I know they're called Gremlins, but is it the movie Gremlins? Um but I do want to make the comment though be uh, that the noise that we heard from the trash can also came from the same scene where uh, Will was transported back to the upside down during trick or treating. You can hear the it's like sounds like yes. a clicking sound, yeah. I just, and I was like, yes, "Oh, yes. Wh- wherever Will thought. was near was uh, now is also in Dustin's trash can." <laughs> so,
1: so what do we think it is? Oh, if you man. had to take a guess. Um, and this will go into predictions for next episode because the next episode is titled The Polywog," So if that gives you any hints.
3: Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fucking Pokemon right there. <laughs> <laughs> literally... Yeah, pretty much. So uh, based on that, I'm going to say it's uh, uh, the next uh monster variant i guess from from the upside down that is uh
0: you know a a, well, that, a Polywag, apparently <laughs> well now you just said it, it, it i'm not going to say it now just in case you, know, you don't want to spoil it from yourself but i it clicked in my head but it would it, 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 just say the name of the title of the next episode so
1: yeah. okay so go. let's let's go into ratings
0: um, I'll start, I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it a 7.3. It was good. Like nothing crazy happening. It's definitely my lowest score, but like, yeah, I thought it was a good episode still. Like I was, again, there was a lot of sprinkling of things like, no, not according to what Mitchell said earlier. There's not nothing happening, but it's a lot of like, again, we, we talked for a already an hour about this whole episode and there was a lot of relevant stuff going on but it isn't like nothing that's forward-facing there's nothing really grabbing the plot right now and obviously dusting finding something that is not of this world is definitely going to be forward-facing plot
1: yeah it, it was a relationship okay. building episode
0: gotta have them yep yeah i pretty much felt the same way
3: definitely a uh, a filler episode of sorts uh I'm I'm gonna be generous with a five and a half. I just uh, there's just nothing there's just
1: nothing going on. I
3: just wow nothing Tommy.
1: I I'm gonna give it a six point eight. I same reasons as everybody else. It's no not much happening. It's not an episode that I look to rewatch because nothing. It's not an exciting episode by any means, but it definitely has importance for the relationships that we're going to see kind of develop over the season. But, yeah, 6.8 is where I stand.
0: Mitchell, I appreciate you grabbing the pen and paper so you're already writing down your score. Yes. So, um, my prediction for Mitchell's, I would say he gives it a 6.2.
2: Well, you know I go two decimals.
0: I said (laughs) 6.24.
2: I think the last one for you, bud. Uh,
3: I'm going to go 5.77.
1: I'm going to go 5.93 just because Mitchell laughed at how ridiculously low Oh,
3: man, you just priced (laughs) the right... Shit I think you're... I mean, Oh my God. Price of <laughs> um, right for you.
2: you suck. So, <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I just I just want to make something clear. We've been talking about this for an hour now, but you noticed the most excited I got was when we were talking about like candy bars. So that should tell you everything you need to know about how I feel about this episode. My second <laughs> thing is yeah. Connor, I know you saw me grab the pen and
0: paper, right? Did you see anything else? I just saw you grab the pen and paper and I I know it's a mirror, but it is a (laughs)
2: 6.24 right on the dot. Wow. (laughs) Oh, shit. So Connor was uh, right on the Connor and
1: I are now officially tied for exactly guessing Mitchell's rating. No, you
0: did not exactly guess that number. That was. No, I said Yeah, he
2: did 8.95. The first
1: episode we did it on, I I got it right.
2: Did you no, really? he, got, he got the 8.95 he
1: did, one. yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Now, oh, I make feel good, though.
2: But, but the fact that you got it, he got it on a five, which is like kind of like a more generic. Generic. Yeah. 6.24 was a, a tough one. But this was also a tough episode to sit through. I'm not going to lie. I was bored out of my mind. I could have gone lower, but I do recognize that it is important and, I don't know, it's could have been worse. It has relevance. We all, we all gave this by far the lowest grade so far. So I am glad that I was not alone in this because I thought maybe someone would come out of it being like, man, I really enjoyed that one, 8.2.
0: And that did not happen. No, that was a... No. Again, like, I definitely be the highest grader. <laughs> and, like, I'm grading on, to me, personally, like, like a... Uh, like pass or fail kind of scale, like or like, are you really that bad? Like five is like, I could say five is like, oh, not great, but like, but like, to me, that not. Hey, there's a of
1: ways that we can rate an episode, yeah. but it's just easiest to go with overall feel.
0: No, I I, I get that.
1: Like, I will
2: perfect. I will say this to Connor and Nick, um, without giving too much away, season two is my least favorite season. I like it but it is my least favorite season of the bunch. I think three and four do a fantastic job of getting us back on track and kind of where we really want to go. Um, so I, I know that the, the start of the second season being a little bit weaker is kind of like, uh, okay, we're really, you know, how many of these types of episodes are we going to have to sit through? We're, we're going to a good place.
0: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That's fair. We have, we have what five more episodes of this season left to go. It's building up, and also know.
2: this is not the worst episode of this season because every no. ev- every show has that one episode. Like Breaking Bad has that one about the fly. Game of Thrones has the entire final season, and this one has an episode coming later that everyone was just like, huh. And yeah, you'll know when you
1: see it. I know exactly what episode you're talking about.
2: Yep. Uh,
1: so yeah, we will get to that. But with that being said, let's let's wrap this one up and uh, tune in next week for episode three.
0: Yeah, so uh make sure you guys follow our, um, our social media stuff. No change of nerds on Instagram, Twitter, or X. I still, Twitter or nope. whatever. Yeah. Oh, we're calling that Twitter. Twitter. That's still burn- it's it's burning to the ground. Sure. So, pretty much any social media platform, look for that, and you will find it. So, as for myself, Mitchell Lee, Nick Izzo, and Tommy Grant, thank you so much. See you next episode. What's the name of the episode we got? I, you already know the bottom of this. The Polywog you mentioned, yeah, Polywog. It's a good. <laughs> if you know Pokemon, probably a good hit. Have a good one.